Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome. This is Marnie Sledberg. We've got a little bit of a, a hiccup going on here on the dashboard, but we're together now. So welcome to you. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And this is Marnie Sledberg. And today our guest is Kim Avery of KimAveryCoaching.com. We are going to have a blast this afternoon talking about ferocious faith, how to follow God's craziest ideas, even if it's right into a lion's den. And my guest today is Kim Avery. She helps coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs increase influence and impact and income. Her mission is to help us succeed in business so we can live intentional, joy-filled lives and help others to do the same. The reason I'm hosting Kim today is because recently, well, first of all, I love Kim and I love her stuff and I've known her for a few years, but um, recently she hosted an online um, 31 Days of Prayer for Business Owners. And I just loved the material. Every day when I got my email, I was like, oh my gosh, I can so relate to this. I love this woman and I love how courageous she is in Christ. And so I asked her to join me today for this hour so we could share some of the most uh, compelling stories from our own lives that will help you to be a little more courageous in your following Jesus Christ into whatever he's calling you to do. Because like I was talking about earlier today, you know, I'm afraid of cats. Uh, the Bible talks about fear over 500 times. All of us have this tendency to go straight to fear when God calls us into deeper waters or maybe to walk on water in the middle of a storm. And um, Kim is here with me today to help. To help. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to follow God down unlikely paths, how to say yes, even when it makes absolutely no logical sense, how to stop playing it safe. How to use the name of Jesus as your 911 in crisis situations. How to be brave and why humility isn't hiding in the back. Um, The brutal but wonderful gift of feedback. How to tenaciously pursue a long-term mission, even if you have to go it alone. And the eternal perspective of time and why there's time to do what God called you to do. At this time, I want to welcome you, Kim, to the show. So excited to have you on with me today. Thank you. It is a joy and a privilege to be here. (laughs) Well, I knew I loved you before the 31 days of prayer, but um, as I got to know you better through your emails every day, I was just like, wow, we are kindred spirits in our desire to let God live through our lives and our desire to just be available to him, even if he asks us to do crazy things. (laughs) Which he does. unlikely paths and maybe just tell us a little bit about one or more of those 
Oh, yeah. My whole life is an unlikely path. But I'll start with the main one, which I think, in a sense, brings me to your wonderful show here today. And that is the fact that I'm a business coach at all. All right. So let me back up. As a business coach, I'm a big believer when I work with my clients and for myself in using proven strategies, being diligent, being wise, doing your research, standing on the shoulders of those wise people who have gone before us. But I've also learned that we are still serving the God who said, march around Jericho seven times and blow trumpets. That's your battle plan. And it's like, okay, how do I weigh out those two things? And that's actually what brought me to where I am today. About 10 years ago, I'd come off of 20 years serving as a licensed counselor. I was new to coaching, took some coach training, built two successful coaching practices, and was having the time of my life. And other coaches began approaching me saying, would you help us build our businesses? We're not quite getting this business building thing. Now, if you can flash back 10 or 12 years, Marnie, ago, the climate for people who helped other coaches market their business, let me just say this, a used car salesman in a plaid suit would have been more welcome at your dinner table (laughs) than a coach marketer. They were not a welcoming lot. There was a lot of hype, a lot of promises, and not a lot of substance. It was really a great way to ruin my reputation. But being open (laughs) to God's will, I'm like, okay, God, I'll check it out. So I did some research, and I actually interviewed 10 different Christian coaches and said, hey, I have a question for you. If there were someone who could help you with your marketing from a Christian point of view, would you be interested in that? And each one of the 10 gave a resounding, no. Not really. It wouldn't interest me at all. I was so surprised, but actually a little relieved. So I came back to God almost in kind of, (laughs) see, I told you so (laughs) and said, there you go. There's no no profit in it. There's no interest in it. Why would I do this? And I just, I felt him smile and say, yep, glad you now know that. Do it anyway. And so here I am. And thankfully, There's been a lot of interest in it, and it has proven to be a profitable and helpful business for me, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't follow God, who is counterintuitive and leads us down unlikely paths. That is, it's such a great story, because all of us were nodding along with you. Yes, that's what you should have done. You should have done your 10 interviews with people who might be clientele. Oh, they all said no. Okay, so that's over. Except that with God, that doesn't necessarily mean it's over not over until he says it's over yeah it's amazing uh yeah i i love that story and how did you so you just had this feeling this sense this spiritual what was it a piece a piece to go forward or a red flag to stop going forward um it was just a real sense of the lord saying go forward anyway so there was no peace in Mm -hmm. not doing it And as we exchange stories of faith later on, you'll find out it wasn't always an easy path. That's certainly not what it meant. Mm -hmm. But it was what God wanted me to do. And i got to tell you, it is just such a perfect fit for me. I never would have guessed it. (laughs) I wouldn't have known. But this is the God who holds the future in his hands. And so I have Mm -hmm. learned over the years to try to follow his voice as often as I discern it correctly. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. I I like to use the word driven. Like for me, I can relate to those um, prophets in the Bible who are like, I should shut up, but I just can't, you know. (laughs) 
it feels like there's, yes. you know, it's burning inside of me. I just have to do this. And, and I get there, too, and it's like, well, this doesn't really make much sense. Why am I doing this? But yet, later looking back, it's like, oh, God was so in the details of that. God was in that. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, Marnie, if I'm remembering correctly, you said you had a story about saying yes even when it made no logical sense. What was that? Oh, my goodness. So I always use that. I'm sure you've heard it, too. That definition of saying yes is always saying no. Saying no is always saying yes. So when I say yes to something, so let's say for you today, Kim, you said, yes, I will come on the show. But that meant that you couldn't do anything else during this hour. Whatever else it was that was calling your name to do during this one hour while we're on the air, you would have to say no to in order to say yes to this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... I used to have a hard time saying no. I would just say yes all the time um, because I, I just hated saying no to the person looking at me or calling me, asking for my help. They really didn't need help, and I could possibly potentially do it, but it was getting me into trouble. And so understanding this concept of saying no is saying yes and saying yes is saying no uh, helped me to be able to say yes to God every time so that when I have to say notice somebody else in order to say yes to God. I have the courage to do that. So um, some of the times that it made absolutely no sense, I mean, there's so many stories. Maybe I just want to give you an illustration that I talk about in my book, Feeling Loved. I was taking, I had made these monster cookies, and I was taking them around one by one to the ladies in my Bible study. We were going to start up Bible study again in the fall, and I wanted to go visit them each personally, and I wanted to take a gift. So I made these monster cookies and an invitation, and I took them around. And I had the timing. You know, I kind of knew who worked and who would be, you know, where, when. And so I had this all planned out, and I got in the car, and I'm driving, and, and um, I was going to turn right to go toward a home, and God said, go to Nicole Bell. Well, Nicole was straight, and she was out of town, and she was not going to be home right now. And so I, I, had my, I, I was just getting ready to turn my blinker on, and I said, well, if I go to Nicole now, she won't be home. So I just kept on going to turn my blinker on, and God prompted my heart again. Of course, you like I don't know for you, Kim, but for me, I don't know that this is God. When I'm hearing it, it sounds like me. So it's like it could yeah. be my thought. It could be, you know, it could be the enemy's thought, putting it through my filter of my thinking. could be God. So um, I always do kind of test it a little bit. So I, I, just, I just thought, well, that's kind of a dumb thought. She won't be home. So I turned my blinker on, and right away I heard, go to Nicole's now. And I was like, oh, that, she's not going to be home. But I heard it a third time. So I turned my blinker off, got back into the main lane, and I drove all the way out, out of town down this long, windy road and down, started to go down her long, windy driveway, knowing she would not be home. And here she comes. She comes out of her driveway in her truck. So she's driving her truck out. I'm driving my van, and we pull up in the driver's window to driver's window. And I'm like, hi, I can't even believe I caught you. And, it, you know, little faith of me. But anyway, I couldn't believe I caught her. And um, she goes, she goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm just here to remind you, Bible study starting and to invite you back. you got to go. I just made this cookie. I handed her the gift across and the invitation. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, but why are you really here? And I said, well, actually, I'm just really here to invite you back to Bible study. I've missed you over the summer. Just would love to have you come back. And she goes, yeah, but Marnie, why are you really here? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, Nicole. What are you talking about? And she goes, well, today's my one-year birthday. 
it was a year ago today that I accepted Christ at your kitchen table. And I just thought maybe you were here about that. And I said, I started to cry. And I said, you know what, Nicole? I totally forgot that this was your one-year birthday. But Jesus didn't because he had me come here right now at this very moment to wish you a happy birthday. And she had kind of gone through a hard time. She'd kind of fallen away a little bit. And she said, you know, this year has not been what I'd hoped it would be. But she said, I can tell you one thing. The sky is more blue, and the leaves on the tree are, are more green since I've met Jesus. And she came back, and she came back to Bible study. She raised her children for Christ. I mean, it's just, it's been amazing to watch their whole family come to Christ. And it was so dumb, and it was so like, no, I don't want to go there because then I'll miss this other one, you know. <laughs> but now, looking back, what I wouldn't give, you know. I mean, I had this amazing opportunity to go and to share share God's happy birthday blessing with Nicole, even that I forgot. But it was her, bless- it was her birthday. <laughs> oh, that gives me goosebumps to think that the God of the universe said, this is a special day, the day she came into my family and wanted you to go celebrate it with her. How did that make you feel personally when you realized what God had done? Right. It still makes me feel just amazing. Like why, you know, that the God, like you say, the God of the universe would have me choose that day to go hand them out, that have me choose that day and that he could get my attention. You know, that's another thing is that I wasn't like, praying my way down the highway like god is there any direction i should turn other than right you know that wasn't part of my thought process but yet he's able to interrupt our thought processes and to get us to go anywhere and and i always think you know it's a choice i could have just turned right and gone out there and Mm -hmm. found her not home later and i would have just you know chalked it up to you know oh well and i would have never known what i missed and and when when i have a prompting in my heart to pray for someone that's the exact same opportunity we have that in that moment. It's like God can pick somebody else to pray for them. If I won't do it, he'll just move on to the next soul, and he'll tap them and see if they'll do it. But you know what? It's a blessing that I miss out on if I say no. Yeah. And I think it's going to be so much fun to get to heaven someday and realize oh. all the things and all the oh. ways he's used us that we have no idea that because we – you know, just spoke to that person or were kind or sent that card or prayed that prayer, just the ripple effects uh, that set into motion our little small obedience. Oh, my gosh. I so agree with you. In fact, I really believe that heaven is going to be like that show, The Rest of the Story. And when we get to her, I'll just be blown away when we see the rest of the story from God's perspective. Well, this is Marnie Fredberg visiting today with Kim Avery of KimAveryCoaching.com. We're going to come right back, talk about how to stop playing it safe and using the name of Jesus as your 911. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fact 
fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty. We're talking today about ferocious faith, the kind of faith that can help us follow God's craziest ideas right into Lion's Den. And our guest today is Kim Avery of KimAveryCoaching.com. Kim, let's talk next about um, how to stop playing it safe. And one of the, you know, one of the things I like to talk about is, you know, there's fear is mentioned three ways in the Bible. It it is, there's, there's the fear of God, which we're supposed to have. We're supposed to be afraid um, in, in a very, um, uh, um, I don't know, worshipful way. We're supposed to fear God. He's very powerful. We're supposed to fear him reverently, I think is the word I'm looking for. And then the second one is a cautionary fear. That's, you know, the train is coming, the arms of this railroad thing come down, and you're supposed to stop because you don't want to be on the track when the train goes by because that's just safer. And then there's a kind of fear that is false evidence appearing real. That's the kind of fear that's debilitating. That's the kind of fear that's from hell. And that's the kind of fear that will hold us back from doing the kind of things that God wants us to do. So when you think about stop playing it safe, what comes right away to your mind? Fear. (laughs) (laughs) I I am probably one of the most um, risk-averse people you'll ever meet. I am a sight walker. (laughs) I am not a faith walker. It was so interesting to listen to your introduction to our conversation today. You talk about courageous faith. And I thought, God must just be chuckling because I'm just a scared little girl who's never grown up. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. No, you know what? I I always, you know, I I love to do the personality type test through um, Winnie the Pooh, you know, and and pick a person Mm -hmm. in Winnie the Pooh that you're most like. And, you know, I'm like Piglet. A lot of people think I'm like Tigger, but really, I'm like Piglet. I'm the one that's always like, oh, you know, it's just so big and scary and I don't know, you know, and yeah. But yet, but yet here God has you, Kim, and me doing things that are way out of our comfort zone. How do, how do you do it? How do you, how do you actually do it? Um, just very step by step. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. lessons God's been teaching yeah. me for years is what I call commit when courageous or when called, so that I'll follow through when I'm scared. So in other words, when I first (laughs) feel his prompting, sort of commit myself publicly or sign up, tell someone I'll do it or pay the money or, you know, say the thing, whatever it is, uh, without letting myself overthink it, because then my rational, as it were, mind will talk myself out of it and I'll give in to the fear. Mm -hmm. Getting past that. You know, and and I think that in this one particular way, I think that women have a slight advantage over men in the faith walk in that um, guys guys tend to um, live very much in their logical brain, and it's very difficult for them to step out past that. And it's hard for me. <laughs> it is hard, and I love that when people say courage, you know, is doing it scared because I think that's right. definitely the story of my life. I can I can share a really funny story with you. When I first became a coach again, I knew nothing about marketing. I was a counselor. I would go to the office every day and the secretary would hand me a stack of files and I'd go in the waiting room and I'd call the first name on the first file and that's how clients came to me. I had no idea how to tell people what I did or how I could serve them and the whole thought was pretty overwhelming to me. So I prayed about it when I first became a coach and 
my son found an ad in the newspaper and said, oh, look, there's a new networking you know, group in town. Maybe you ought to go there. And I thought, well, I've never been to a networking meeting, and I really don't know what they do there. But sure, you know, why not? So I put on my power suit and you know, stuffed my pocket full of my shiny new business cards, and I went to the networking meeting. And I tried talking to a couple people about what I did, and I was an abysmal failure. I mean, they practically yawned their way to the other side of the room. <laughs> It just wasn't going well. Thankfully, they finally said, okay, time to get your buffet lunch. So I went and I got my rubber-tasting chicken and I sat down and I'm thinking, Lord, just get me out of here. Just get me out of here. Why did I ever come? And then the president of this organization, it was a women's business organization, stood up and introduced the speaker and read her bio. And Marnie, 50 sets of eyes were riveted on this woman, the speaker. By the time they were done reading the bio, they knew more about her than my best friend of 20 years knew about me, and she hadn't even spoken yet. And then she started to speak, and everybody believed her, because after all, she was at the front of the room, and she had the microphone, so she must know what she's talking about. And as I looked around, it's as if I felt God tap me on my shoulder and say, this is what I brought you here to see. So for the rest of her speech, I didn't hear a word. God and I, I don't know if you ever do this, had, a, had an argument, an internal argument. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this is how courageous I am, right? I'm arguing with God. And I'm saying, <laughs> uh, Lord, I don't think so. I've never spoken in public before. I've never given a speech. I have no idea what I would say. I'm nobody. And there's just no reason for you to be showing this to me. And he kept with his, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I brought you here to see. And so it's kind of back to, all right, commit when called. So the meeting's over. People are lining up to leave the room. And I got in the line where I'm going to shake the hand of the president of the organization. So I'm in her line, and a sweat is pouring down my face. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go through with this. I just don't know if I'm going to go through with this. So I got up there, and I started, Madam Shirley, thank you so much for having what a lovely meeting. And then it just came out of my mouth. I'm a coach, and, you know, I have a wonderful speech, which really was a flat-out lie. But nonetheless, I have a wonderful speech, which I think the group would truly benefit from. And I wonder if you'd let me share it. And she did the worst thing imaginable. She said, sure, how about November? (laughs) And she put me on the schedule. Marnie, I literally ran to my car and sobbed like a baby. That is my (laughs) courageous face. (laughs) Oh, I love it. What a great story. Oh, my gosh. You know what? And and, uh, when when you said that you had a speech, you know, again, it was back to that courageous the courageous yep. faith, which is like, I believe God has a speech. <laughs> I believe it. Amen. Even though I don't have it. It's, it's being. I even gave her a name. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So you went back and you did the speech. I went back two months later. Of course, I spent two months learning everything that one would ever want to learn about public speaking so that I wouldn't make a total fool out of myself and went back, and I never looked back. Public speaking is the Mm. primary way that I grew those first two coaching practices, speaking locally, Um, and it goes back to our Father knows. He just knows. He knows what's best and who he's working with, and I wish I weren't so scared. Um, I'm, I'm learning to be more brave even at the beginning of a scary situation. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. 
I love that. And, and uh, courage is doing it, you know, doing it scared. That is, that's what it is. And, you know, you, I, I love the story of Gideon. And some people say he shouldn't have put out the fleece. But I love the thinking, you know, if you need to put out the fleece, God's just fine with you putting out fleece as long as you intend to obey him in the end. Um, go ahead, put out fleece. He just, I think he just loves a heart that's willing to just not write him off. You know, it says yes. in the Bible, a, pro, a proud man. No, a foolish man in his pride does not look to God. So you've got a thought going across your head. Maybe I should give a speech like that and just rule it out without ever thinking, God, is that you, you know? And a lot of times for me, Kim, it really does take God three times to get my direction. I just think it's my thought. I just think it's a thought, you know, just one of those zillions of thoughts that goes through our brains. And so I don't just pay attention to every thought, but as it comes again and again, um, you know, I just see Jesus knocking at the door of my heart saying, can I come in and talk to you about this, about this? And I want to be that person who says, yes, even if I don't understand it, even if it seems impossible, I want to be yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do want to be God's yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So how about you? You talked about using the name of Jesus in your 911 crisis. Oh, I love this. So I talk about this in, in the book, Flow Through Vessel, because what happens is that we are going along and everything's going okay. You know, maybe God has called us into something and we're going along and he's providing everything. And then we hit that moment where it's like, I never should have done this. What was I ever thinking? How did I get myself in this situation or just a hopeless situation? I remember one time in Africa, we, I had, I had a, a bus. I was in a vehicle. I wasn't in the driver's seat, but I was in a vehicle. And we were completely jammed in with, with vehicles all around us, as it is in Kenya often. But there was a bus rolling backwards toward our vehicle, toward my door. And it kept coming. It kept coming closer and closer. And we were in the blind spot behind. There was no way it could see us. And so I was looking at the bus and looking at the bus and just, you know, crying out to Jesus. And I just said, stop, stop now. And God actually was waking up somebody in the United States in the middle of the night. Right then she sat straight up in bed and said, Jesus, protect Marnie right then. So um, what we have in this, this 911 is we have this God who's all over the whole world all at once. He's seeing everything. And sometimes, he has other people say it for us. Like I couldn't even think of Jesus in that moment. I was just looking at the bus coming right at me, and he stopped just inches from the mirror of the, the vehicle. But um, what she did is she woke up with that name of Jesus, the first thing on her mind. And I have adopted uh, just the 911 of Jesus. And when, I, when I'm terrified, when I'm so scared, I just start saying, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I don't save it for only when I'm terrified, but I definitely use it when I'm scared. And even sometimes to the point where I can't even get two syllables out, Kim, I just have to say God. And in those moments, I just say, God, 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 okay, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's just like this amazing, amazing process of taking me out of my brain and safely into the hands and the heart and the thoughts of God, because he is not panicking. Just I'm panicking. <laughs> Just because you're panicking does not mean he's panicking, right? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I often think God did not wake up this morning worried about how this was going to turn out. <laughs> oh, not at all. I have, I have a great story about my dad. Um, he was in the hospital 365 miles away from me, 
and he was going to be taking uh, taken off life support and um, the ventilator, and we didn't know if he would be able to breathe. We didn't know if he would make it. This was a very, very intense time. And I was in my home, you know, way away from him. I couldn't be there, and I was pacing. I was just pacing back and forth, and I was saying, God, God, take care of my dad. God, help my dad make it. God, just give him life. God, I was just pacing, and I was just frantic, really frantic. And I was pacing back and forth, and all of a sudden I had this picture in my mind. It was just like this clear image of the God of the universe pacing back and forth with me. He was pacing back and forth in heaven, wringing his hands, not sure how this was going to turn out. And he was so frantic and distraught just because I was. And I thought, that's hilarious. Of course he's not. Of course he's not. (laughs) He's already seen how it's going to turn out. He knows everything about our future, mine and my dad's. And I could just rest with him or else I can continue in this thought that he's not in, that was my choice. Do I want to stay in the thinking that he's not part of or do I want to choose to be in the thinking where he is, which is everything is under control, Marnie. You can relax. I've got your dad. I've got your mom. I've got you. I've got the doctors. I've got everybody. Everything's okay. And, you know, it's this choice that we have to either deal with it ourselves or else to ask Jesus to carry us through. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful place to live. Well, we have to take a little break here. We're going to come right back. I'm having so much fun fun talking to you. We're going to take a little break, talk, and come back and talk about um, how to be brave and why humility isn't hiding in the back and also the beautiful or brutal, uh, sorry, brutal, if I can read this word, brutal, but wonderful gift of feedback. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. And welcome back. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Kim Avery on the topic of ferocious faith. (laughs) I picked that word intentionally because I am a scaredy cat. And ferocious is like the last thing that I can imagine anybody calling me. I don't don't know that I've ever come across to anyone as ferocious. Kim, have you ever come off as ferocious? Never. So the only way we could have that kind of faith would be to have God flowing his life through us where we could say, yeah, okay, I'll go in the lines then. Uh, Not because I can do it, but because I believe, God, that you'll go with me in there. And um, I've been recently I've been actually listening to the audio version of a book by John Bevere called Beautiful Outlaw. Have you read that? No. Oh, it's really, really, really good. Um, I've been listening to it in audio version, and it's been affecting my soul, kind of like listening to worship music, which is kind of interesting because most books don't affect me that way. But he does such an amazing job in this book, Beautiful Outlaw, of really um, portraying Jesus as this amazingly loving, caring, humble, and yet tough and just so, so personable um, savior instead of how the religious people would like to paint Jesus in the Bible and now as, you know, distant and not involved, but, uh, you know, a harsh ruler who's going to smash you if you, you know, disobey. (laughs) All those kind of things. 
And I was thinking about next we're talking here about bravery and humility not being hiding in the back. And, you know, you think about Jesus and you even think about Moses. And Moses was leading, you know, over a million people for sure. And, and, and yet it, the Bible said he was the most humble man on the earth. Um, and so uh, there's this kind of um, thing with humility that there's kind of some false humility. And John Bevere really attacks uh, uh, that a lot in this book too. And it isn't pleasing to Christ. A false humility is not pleasing to Christ. What are your thoughts there? Mm, I couldn't agree more, but I have to tell you, I fell prey to it, and I'm sure I still do, for years. I'd have these thoughts, you know, who am I to be sharing this with the world? I'm not good enough, smart enough, I haven't accomplished enough, or had the right education, or who will people think that I am? And so I let these thoughts rent space in my head because they sounded to me like humility. But like you said, they're really not. It's insecurity, even a pride of a sense, in a deadly, paralyzing disguise. And so, of course, none of us want to be around a braggart or a boaster or someone who secretly or not so secretly thinks they're better than everyone else. It's like sitting at the dinner party next to someone who's had a little bit too much garlic and doesn't know it. And so the, the Christian reaction to that has often been a kind of anti-platform building, an unconscious decision to play it safe, to live small, and to hide in the back. Mm -hmm. But that really is that false humility, because ultimately we're still thinking all about us and what makes us comfortable. And I think it's based on Satan's lie that the message and the gifts God has given us are all about us. But they're not. They're about others. I think about the Apostle Paul. If in false humility or hidden self-concern, what if he'd parked his tent on the edge of town and only put out a small sign and waited for God to bring the world to him (laughs) instead of standing up in the town square and boldly proclaiming this God? And so God has had me on this journey of trying to learn to live my life out loud in a way that honors him even though it's coming through the lens of my life. And it's really tricky, but it's very powerful. Um, I think when I see other people do it, and that's what I want to imitate and what I want to do. Uh, yeah. It is one of the things that comes up most frequently as I host womenspeakers.com. Women will be like, I just feel very um, torn between uh, promoting myself and whether, you know, and, and hiding. I mean, it's like um, God knows where I am, so he should be able to lead people to me, and yet I feel like maybe I should be helping in some way. And, and this is a really common place where I think really um, Satan trips us off. And I'm not saying that it's always Satan. I know for a period of time I remember when God told me to stop promoting one of my books, and, and I was like, but if I stop promoting it, it will stop, it will stop growing. And God was like, I know, I know where you are. It's time right now to back off of this. And so I was obedient, but I knew, you know, I was like, okay, but I, I'm pretty sure that this is going to, you know, kill it, um, the growth trajectory that we were on with it. And yet I did it out of obedience. And within just a little bit of time, it wasn't very long at all, a lady from Texas called me from Houston and said, um, I saw, I, I heard about your book. I read it in the, on, the front, on the front page of the Houston paper. And I was like, well, how could that possibly I've gotten in the Houston paper. You know, I mean, I'm not, that, that just doesn't happen, that a book randomly appears in a paper 
without an interview with me or anything like that. And so what I, what God was showing me is that I do know where you live. I can take care of things. If I want you to have publicity, I can give you publicity. But right now he wanted me not to. So I'm not saying that it's always that God doesn't want you to, but honestly, most of the time, God really does want us to. He really does want us to um, go out there and share what he's put in our hearts to share. I mean, that's why he gave it to us. Yeah, I love the message translation of Matthew five fifteen and 16. And in short, it says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Now that I've put you mm-hmm. out on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And so he mm-hmm. wants us to shine. Of course, not for our glory, right? There, and that's a heart. It's a heart issue. I don't think we can judge somebody else's motivation, but not for our glory, but for his. Because when Satan was whispering in my ear, nobody cares, who wants to hear from your point of view, all of those kinds of things, the truth is, Marnie, that everyone in the world wants to know the secret to making life work, really work. I think it's why we walk down dark streets at night, and if we see someone's windows lit up and their dining room and their house is on display, we can't help but peek in. We're curious. We want to know how people live, how they're making it all come together. And those of us who follow Christ, we do have the secret, not to perfection, of course, but to making life work in a very real way. And so I do think God wants us to shine out loud for other people to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is not at all um, – I, I loved the thing I heard the other day, and I don't remember who, where I heard it. I, th- I think it was just in a secular setting, but it, they said, it isn't bragging if it's true. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's so true. I mean, you, there are braggadocious ways to say it, or there's a braggadocious spirit that can say it, say it to brag. But the reality is, is that if God has flowed something through us, that's really amazing. And I don't know about you, Kim, but whenever I've worked on anything, like on a committee for a women's conference or uh, had a book that was published or anything at all, and I stand and I think, wow, I got to be part of that. You know, it's just so amazing. And I've, I've kind of laughed sometimes through the years as God has just let me name drop in crazy, crazy ways. Like all of a sudden I'll be talking to someone who's a, a ministry leader that I haven't met before, and I will, I will say something, and she'll reply, and out of my mouth will come, well, I was just talking to so-and-so of another ministry leader or whatever, and she'll say back to me, oh, she's my good friend. Now, how did I have the opportunity to even do that or to know to say that person's name? Because God is so coordinated. That's what I think. And whenever he chooses me, when I get to be the flow-through vessel that he's using to flow his life and love through me to somebody else, it is such a privilege, and it does take my breath away. And it's really hard not to just get really excited about that. (laughs) I think we're supposed to get really excited about that, so good for you. I think we are, too. I think we are, too. And I think we're never supposed to lose our childlike delight in being chosen to go with Daddy to the ice cream store. You know, I mean, I think that we're never supposed to lose that delight, that it's supposed to every time be just like a wow. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what about feedback? I I have to tell you, I was making calls. um, Afternoon, I was calling a bunch of churches for womenfeedback.com. 
And, you know, most of the time you get answering machines. Sometimes you get no answer at all. And, and then sometimes you get people, uh, you know, or the uh, office administrator or whoever. And um, so I had gotten I had gotten a person, and um, I was telling her while I was calling, and she, I took a breath, and she said, are you a recording? recording I was trying to just be me <laughs> authentically calling but you know when you call sure. you know dozens or even hundreds back to back sometimes you do start to sound a little bit inauthentic even though your heart's really still in it so feedback, <laughs> feedback is great but feedback can be brutal it can really crush us it can be hard Proverbs 623 says reproofs for discipline are the way of life and it's just like, oh, it's one of those ouch verses that I just, I have to work to embrace. And I'll tell you a specific instant when it was really hard for me, but good for me. And I think it was a turning point. About eight years ago, I decided to dip my waters into the podcasting pool for the very first time. And I started with this very simple, very raw attempt I called the Bite Size Marketing Podcast. And I wasn't expecting any awards, right? I knew this was a new venture, but I didn't realize how bad it was. Was. And so I was in a networking group, and a 37 year old veteran of the broadcast industry came over and said to me, You know, I'd love to give you some feedback and critique your efforts, written feedback, like a formal thing. And all through my mind came all these excuses. I thought, Well, I could say, Thank you for the kind offer, but I don't want to impose on your valuable time. Or I could make excuses and say, you know, when you listen to it, you just need to know I've been really overwhelmed and distracted and the moon was full that day. Or <laughs> or I could even blame shift. You know, but equipment's costly and I didn't have the money. But I thought if I did any of those things, I wouldn't receive truth. And truth is what mm-hmm. changes us. And so I accepted his kind offer, and it was a point of no return. Well, about a week later, I got an email, opened my email box, and this is how it began. When I'm giving feedback, I always like to find something positive to say. So my hopes rose, and then they fell. He couldn't even find one positive thing to say. There was no encouragement, no affirmation, not even a keep trying. I'm sure you'll improve over time. It was brutal, and it was mm. it was really one of the kindest gifts that I'd been given that year. Mm. The fact that somebody would take their valuable time to point by point mm. show me ways that I could improve in the way that I serve the world. And so it's a gift I don't like, but I've learned it doesn't hurt me. It only helps me. And so God is just giving me courage more and more to seek out, not wait for people to offer, but how can I improve? What suggestions do you have? What do you see lacking? How can I serve you better? And it's just got me on this wonderful upward trajectory in the way I serve the world. So I'm so thankful for feedback. Oh, yeah. And it is tough. I remember when I started speaking and I would get, you know, at the time they would hand me a sheet, the whole sheet of papers, you know, the feedback. (laughs) And, you know, now it's all electronic and everything. But at the time it was all papers. And so I had just started, you know, I just start, you know, I get back to my room and I start looking through them and I realized, oh, this is not what I should be doing. 
So I just adopted the Nehemiah plan from the Bible where he lays the letter from the enemy king on the bed in front of him and kneels down and says, God, you know, what do you say about all this? So that's kind of what I did. And it really, just being in the kneeling position, um, when I received both the good words and the bad words, um, helped me to put them all in perspective. I was just, I was just a little me sitting at the foot of the cross asking God, you know, what about this do you want me to, you know, to internalize, to really see and hear? Because it, it can work really both ways. I mean, we've talked about false humility, but, boy, pride is a real problem too. Sure, sure, yeah. And and not everything, not all feedback is true. And some people are just wrong or they do have a wrong motivation. But I love your example, just kneeling and giving it to our Father and, and like a brave soldier, getting up and doing it again another day. Absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Sweater. We're visiting today with Kim Avery of KimAveryCoaching.com. Going to take a last break here and come back and talk to, about how to tenaciously pursue long-term missions, even if you're all alone in your thinking. And then the eternal perspective of time and why there's time to do what God's calling you to do. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marnie is my per-minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-pager media pitch, just schedule a 15- to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. Well, you are here with two coaches today. I do coaching very, 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 very part-time, <laughs> just available at a per-minute level. But Kim is a Kim is a coach, and uh, this is what you do all the time. Kim, thank you for taking this time to be with us this afternoon. So excited to have you here. Thank you. It's a joy. Well, I think next we're going to talk about um, pursuing a long-term mission alone. And I wanted to start um, this one talking about um, how many years ago, uh, in fact, when I was in my kitchen, when I was in my early 30s, uh, uh, three words three words or phrases came to my mind. I wrote them on a recipe cards because they seemed very important at the time. I stuck them on the inside of a kitchen cabinet, and it wasn't until years later that I read The Path by Lori Beth Jones and understood that what God had given me was a mission statement. And so the words were um, encourage women, provide them with practical help, and turn their thoughts toward Jesus. And so that has been my mission for many, many years, um, even before I knew that's what it was. And um, over time, I remember being on a plane um, going to meet with a large ministry uh, for the first time, and I was trying to identify what I was supposed to say that I was. And um, God, God just put it in my heart that you are a mentor. You will mentor millions of women around the world. And so in the back of my mind, I've known this. And when he put the vision for women speakers in my heart, I was just taking a shower. I had no thought of such a thing as womenspeakers.com, but all of a sudden I saw a blue clickable map in my mind, and I heard, build a Christian women speakers directory. I'll take it to 10,000 speakers. Well, we're at 1,200 now, and um, it's just these kind of things that come to the spirit of a person, and there's nobody else that heard that. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen to you when you're the only one that got the instruction, but I think back to the story of, of um, Rebecca in the Bible, Isaac and Rebecca, and God told Rebecca, but she, he didn't tell Isaac that it would be Jacob that would be the leader there. 
and she made she made choices to figure it out on her own. She decided that she would manipulate it and get it done some way on her own instead of sharing that with her husband. And so I have I've just lived this out knowing that um, these visions are in my mind and in my heart, but there isn't anybody else who heard that exact same thing from God. And even in the story of Mary and Joseph, I think it's so interesting that the angel spoke first to Mary and then to Joseph. But then when when he's waking him up in the middle of the night to get out of Bethlehem, only to Joseph, not to Mary. So sometimes we're just by ourselves in these visions that God puts in our, our hearts and our lives. And we just have to go forward. And um, I just I just was tenaciously pursuing these. Um, and my sister Vicki came to live with us. Her family of six came to live with us for several months during a crisis period in their time when her husband had contracted um, Telosa-Hunt syndrome. And while she was there, she said to me one day, she said, I think I finally understand what you're doing, Marnie. I think you're building Noah's Ark. And it was just such a moment for me, Kim. I was like, wow, somebody gets it. Like, somebody gets it. But I'm doing this crazy thing that requires so much work, so much investment, and there's no proof that this is going to ever amount to anything except in my heart. Have you, have you been there? Have you experienced that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, so much so. But interestingly, what I didn't hear you say were, so in those moments when I doubt, this is what I do. Have you ever um, doubted in the middle of that and had to kind of reaffirm it before the Lord? Well, I'm going to have to tell you, and I, I, say, I maybe will cry when I say this, because I, I'm, so, um, I'm not ashamed of it as much as it just still takes my breath away that I'm capable of it. But I sometimes even wonder if there really is a God. That's how bad I am, Kim. <laughs> even yeah. after seeing miracles and God part the waters for me and God save my life multiple times when I should be dead and God just do these amazing things for me. Still, when the going gets tough, sometimes I think, God, are you even there? I mean, that's how bad it is because I'm just so flawed. I'm just so human. I'm just so weak. And, and I'm just a scaredy cat, you know. So yeah, I just I just I just battle it through, and I'm like, well, of course you're there. I know you're there. You've proven it to me a million times, but I'm not feeling you right now. So I feel lonely right now. I feel I feel like I wish you would show up and walk on some water, or part some seas, or you know, just the sunset or something right now, just to show me that you're real again. But okay, I'm just gonna do this. And one of the things that really helps helps me, and I went through a really um, you know dark dark night of the soul or whatever you want to call it several many years ago um and it was oswald chambers who really helped me to understand because in one of his daily readings which god always i don't know how he orchestrated that book to always be just what you need but um <laughs> my 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 utmost for his highest um but yeah. in one of the daily readings right you know i'd already been in it for several weeks and and in one of the readings he said you know god god will sometimes hide himself as like the sun behind a cloud in order to test you, to see if you're really loving him or if you're just looking for signs and wonders. And um, living in northern, I live in Florida now, which is the sunshine state. You know, if it's not sunny this afternoon, it will be in a little while or it'll be sunny again tomorrow. But I come from Minnesota and northern Minnesota. And one year, there was a year where in 90 days, there were only three days that the sun shone in 90 days. 
And so to me, that analogy really worked. It's like, no, the sun is always up there. It just feels like it went away forever. And so when I get into those situations, I just have to go back and I actually just do the basics, whether I feel like it or not. I pray. I read the Bible. I continue to ask God to flow through my life. I continue to call on the name of Jesus in 911 situations. And I just do it whether I feel like it or not. How about you? Mm, That's so beautiful. I think it's the beauty of building those godly disciplines and habits into our life. The Lord knows that those those will guide us when kind of the will and the want to are weak, which being human beings, of Mm -hmm. course, they sometimes are. But you and I brush our teeth you know, several times every single day, even though I don't always want to, I'm not always convinced it's really needed. There's probably a way I could get away with it and still have good teeth when I go to the dentist and all that sort of stuff. But (laughs) I just do it because I'm used to doing it. And I'm always so glad I did. And so I think when the sun shines, it is so important to cultivate disciplines that will guide us when the days get dark, because those dark days will come. They will. And, you know, I think about Joseph a lot. I I just, there's so many people in the Bible that I can relate to. But Joseph, I feel like it really went through the worst um, because Job's story was horrific, but it seems like it was pretty short-lived. Whereas Joseph was several years, like probably over 10 years in jail. And, you know, in those times, he didn't, you know, the Holy Spirit wasn't the same yeah, working on earth as he is now. So I don't even know how much input uh, Joseph got from God during those years, but yet he remained faithful. And so he's always like my, you know, he's my one that's like, okay, if he can do it without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me right now, I can do this. I can believe. I can have faith. I can go forward. Yeah. Oh, it's that um, in Hebrews 11 that, you know, the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. And then I think like-minded people, too, helped me a lot when I doubt. Don't they help you who just Christian brothers and sisters that I know are praying for me and rooting for me and, and still walking in spite of their dark times? Those really encourage me as well. Well, and I think that that's, that's really critical. Again, the, uh, the Christian discipline of, of being part of a body of believers and going whether you feel like it or not um, because it's amazing. God does just bring these people around you, you know, still listening to Christian music instead of uh, reverting back to music that will, you know, take you farther in your thoughts and in your emotions from Christ. Yeah, all of those things are just huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we have a couple minutes left, and we're going to talk about time with our last couple minutes. Um, I have a favorite saying. It's that there is time to do everything God wants us to do. There is not time to do everything. There's not time to do everything good. There's not time to do everything everybody else thinks we should do. And there's not even time to do everything I think I should do. But if God is God, then there must be time to do everything he wants me to do. And I love this living with this perspective because time does frequently seem like there isn't enough. Like, um, you know, I, I have to make choices that don't seem like they match up with God's agenda because there isn't enough time to do everything or everything that even looks like it needs to be done. So I just encourage you as you're listening and God's putting different things in your heart to do that if it's really of him, there will be time. And the analogy, the story I want to share is just uh, writing a, writing one of my books. 
um, I, I had I love scavenger hunts, and for years I hosted scavenger hunts and coordinated scavenger hunts. And and um, I was looking for a new scavenger hunt one day, and I I went all it was the internet was new, and I thought, oh, I'm just gonna look online, but there weren't there weren't any scavenger hunts to be found um, online at that point. It was brand new and. And I had already gotten the other, there was one book out on scavenger hunts. And so I'd already gotten that book and gone through everything. It was called Treasure Hunts. And so I went to my file and I pull out this humongous thick file full of scavenger hunts. And I'm, I'm holding it in my hand. And it's either the hunts that I'd done or the hunts that people had sent me that they'd done thought I would enjoy doing. And, and I'm looking down at my hands and I thought, you know, I just went online to find scavenger hunts and I couldn't find any. But I'm holding in my hand you know, dozens of wonderful hunts. So why wouldn't I just write a book about this? So it really literally took me about a week to transcribe the hunts that I had done and loved so much into a book. I sent it out. It was published. And really, it took me a lifetime, but it only took a week to write that book. So what I want to encourage you is God may be calling you to do something like major, and you're like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a minute to work on it. It's okay. Just tuck it in your heart. And when it's the right moment to do it, God will pave a way. He'll open the time for you to do it. Time is eternal, and God is eternal. Time here seems limited because of we're on this spinning globe. But the reality is that God is outside of time and space, and he can help us accomplish anything that he deems valuable. So give your time over to him. And our time is nearly up. Oh, my goodness, this has been so much fun. Kim. You have a website called KimAveryCoaching.com, and you guys, I want you to go over there and visit KimAveryCoaching.com. Avery, by the way, is spelled A-V-E-R-Y, KimAveryCoaching.com. Kim, if people go over there, what are they going to find? Oh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. I think the main thing I would love for them to look for is that 31-day prayer challenge. It's an absolutely free opportunity, and it plays Mm. in with just with what you were saying. I wanted to put together that prayer challenge for about a year and a half, but I just did it when I had time until God brought it all together in those 31 days. And, yeah, I'm so thankful for it. There are free resources, prayer cards people can download, because really we all want to more fully partner with God so we can continue to experience some of the stories that you and I have shared today. Everybody has stories, and we have all eternity to exchange them. And so why not more fully partner with God and pray him into every event of every day? That's really my heart for everyone listening today. And I just can't encourage you enough to do that because I went through it and First of all, you're going to get to know Kim so much better, which I had great fun doing, Kim. But also, you're just going to be challenged in your faith to just follow God no matter what he's putting in your heart. Follow him. Kim, the other thing I wanted to ask you real quick is, are you taking clients, and, and very quickly, like in 30 to 60 seconds, how does that look? Yeah, so right now my my private client caseload is full, praise the Lord, but I am just launching again a marketing momentum program. So if there are any coaches and entrepreneurs who'd love to be in a group of other like-minded believers who are pursuing strategic, yet God trumps everything, ways (laughs) to grow their business, it is a really fabulous program, and God always brings amazing people to it. Great, and you can find that right on the homepage somewhere. How would they find that? You can, up in the menu bar at the top. It's called Marketing Momentum. 
Fantastic. Well, this has been so much fun, my dear. I love you. And uh, we are new grandmas at the same time here together, so that's really (laughs) fun, too. So you go play with your little twins, and I'm going to go play with my little Juliana. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, too. And thank you guys for being here. Can't have a show without listeners. And so grateful that you guys joined us this afternoon. Thanks for those of you who listened to the archives, and especially for those of you who... Uh, share our program on your sites around the web. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.